Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. How many of you know that it is just so pleasing to God when his people come together? And not just in the ordinary way that we in this fallen world sometimes come together, but I mean really come together. Uh, there's just the beauty of God's, is that it's, it's like uh, Ephraim Smith often says, a sneak preview of heaven. And that's what it's all about, praise God. Getting together, lifting up the Lord, worshiping him. My name is Greg Boyd. I'm the senior pastor here at Woodland Hills Church, and I, I really want to welcome you all uh, into this place, and thank you for being here to be a part of this uh, celebration. Uh, we're, we're having church. This is church. Now, it wouldn't be church unless we took up an offering. So if the ushers would come forward, it's a way of worshiping the Lord. Ascribe unto the Lord the glory that is due his name. We do it in word, mouth, deeds. And by uh, investing our resources into the kingdom, helps defray the cost of this event. And I want to read uh, from a scripture as the ushers are coming forward. And then I want to pray for the offering and pray for the message. It says here, with my ever-increasingly bad eyes, Jesus says, now, listen to this. Now is the judgment of this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, pray in Jesus' name that this little word would be a big word uh, because it would have your authority, your voice, your anointing, and not mine. Use the Lord God to confront us and change us and encourage us. Lord, you know the needs of our heart. Apply it to meet those needs. And Lord, we pray, God, for every person who can give, for every person who can't give. Lord God, we just pray that you be glorified in this act of worship, which is taking up an offering, Lord God. May it be used all for your glory, for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. amen. I uh, am not going to do a full sermon here. I'm going to do a mini sermon. And now what exactly that means, I'm not sure yet. We'll have to see. Uh, it may be... Kind of the way I do in messages, my in closing. Okay, when I say in closing, that means I'm getting warmed up. So uh, the mini-sermon may, uh, who knows. But this verse says really two things. One is that the devil will be driven out. Judgment's coming into this world, and the devil and all that is a part of him is in the process of being judged. The verse says that Christ is lifted up. And then Christ gives us this promise, and it's a very important promise. He says, when I am lifted up, I will draw all people unto me. As he is exalted, as he is being lifted high, glory is being ascribed to him, there's a magnetic quality to the cross. There's a magnetic quality to Jesus Christ, amen? And all people are drawn to him, not just individually, but collectively, what that means is this. You can tell when Jesus Christ is being lifted up because people are coming together at the foot of the cross. You can't lift him up and draw, be drawn to Christ and not be in proximity with one another. Think about it. The devil is being driven out. I hate to give the devil any credit, but I have to give him at least this much credit. He's done a good job of dividing humanity, wouldn't you say so? 
Whenever you find divisions, whenever you find walls that separate people, wherever you find hostility, it is the devil who is at work. You see it right from the beginning in Genesis chapter 3, when the devil gets in there and plants his lies and plants his false sources of life in the minds and the hearts of Adam and Eve. They're divided from God, they're divided from one another, their kids are divided against them, their kids are divided with one another, and that's been the history of the world. And under the bondage of the devil, there's a reason why... The Bible calls him the God of this age and the principality and power of the air. Under the bondage of, of, of the devil, humans have, under this, this deception, found every conceivable way to divide themselves. The devil's main strategy is, divide to, is to divide human beings because he knows that by getting at the unity of the human race, he's attacking the very imago Dei, the image of God. Because we are created to reflect the triune God, and that means we're created for relationality, so the devil goes after relationships. And where God wanted unity, the devil puts up walls. Where God wanted love, the devil installs hatred. Think about it. Every war, every conflict, every person that's ever been killed, all the blood that's ever been shed, all the anger that's ever been spent, it's all a manifestation of the walls that the devil successfully constructs in the human race. The wars that are going on right now, beyond, be, be, along geographical lines, along political lines, along religious lines, the devil finds every possible way of planning in, into the human race a reason to divide. You divide over your religion, you divide over your opinions, you divide over your politics, you divide over the color of your skin, you divide over your culture, you divide over uh, where you're born, you divide over what song you like best, some places divide over the color of the carpet. In a church, the devil finds every possible way to divide human beings. And I'm sick of the devil. (laughs) I am sick of the devil. Now as we're heading off into war, it looks again, and there's war still on Palestine and Israel, and there's war all over the place. I am sick of the devil. But I know this. My hope doesn't lie in the, the, the ability of humans to figure it out. If we could have figured it out, we would have figured it out a long time ago. The answer... And our hope doesn't lie in our ability to come up with a new law and a new program and thank God for godly laws and thank God for godly programs. But, but Uncle Sam's not going to solve this. Human ingenuity is not going to solve this. Our planning and scheming isn't going to solve it. And even our best efforts in and of themselves aren't going to solve it. We need all those things, but those aren't going to solve it. The solution, the Word of God tells us, is that when Jesus Christ is high and lifted up, He will draw all people unto Himself. The solution is Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And we sometimes think about that as that individuals will just get drawn to Jesus on an individual basis. But what God has in store is something way bigger than that. Yes, individuals are reconciled to God and individuals are drawn to Jesus Christ when he's lifted up. But when you go to Jesus Christ, when all people come to Jesus Christ, they meet at the foot of the cross. And there is now, the Bible says, a new unity. There is a new humanity. There is a new race of people. It says in Ephesians 2 that in Christ, the wall of hostility was torn down and he has made in his own flesh one new human race praise God it's not a divided human race it's a united human race in the person of Jesus Christ 
One of the reasons why I'm so passionate about racial reconciliation is because it's one of the things that Jesus died for. It's one of the central things that Jesus died for. What would you think of me as a preacher if I preached that Jesus, you know, died for our sins, but I didn't feel like preaching about the forgiveness of sins? And that Jesus died to bring healing, but I refused to preach about healing. Well, it's just as bad when we understand that Jesus died to tear down the walls of hostility between people groups. And yet, if we don't preach that, we are wasting some of the blood of Jesus Christ. You know what I'm saying? It was spent for no purpose. Jesus died to restore, to take back from the devil all that the devil stole. And part of what he stole was the beauty of a diverse humanity. The beauty of a united diverse humanity. And it's time the people of God take it back. When we lift up Jesus Christ, we're driving out the devil. We're saying, devil, get out of this place. We're sick and tired of your schemes, your lies, your deceptions, your divisions. And in Jesus' name, we stand in the cross. When we're in Christ, we're a new race. When we're in Christ, we're a new family. In fact, Paul says that you're a new creation. Behold, all things are new. When you're in Christ, you're a new family. That's how united you are. You know, we've got different phenotypes, different blood types, you know, different, different physical genes. But in Christ Jesus, we've got the same spiritual blood running through us. Amen? You, you are my brother, and you are my sister, and I am your brother. And it's time we start looking at each other with the fondness of a brother and a sister and hugging and embracing and talking through issues. We're part of one same family. In Christ, we have a new source of life. We've got new life flowing through us. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. There is the, that eternal life that Norm talked about. We don't need the old forms of life that the enemy tries to get people to chase after. Every idol is a surrogate way of trying to get life. It's one of the reasons why every idol is one of the ways that the enemy divides the human race. People try to get life from the place where they're born and the country they belong to and the, the style of their hair and the color of their skin and the things that they own and the things that they think they can achieve and the things that they think they are worth trying to suck a little bit of life out of that, a little bit of worth out of that. Uh, they try to get life out of having power over others and oppressing one another. But in Jesus Christ, all those false ways of life have been exposed as a lie. They're all empty. They're all futile because in Jesus Christ, we've got eternal life. You've got what you were created for. The joy and the peace and the power resides within you. You don't need to be chasing those petty, pathetic, false, idolatrous ways of getting life. In Christ, there's a new family, there's a new form of life, and there's even a new history. In Christ, we have a new history. Now, in the natural, we've all got very different histories. And I think it's important to understand those different histories. If we're going to, in love as a family... Work towards trust and reconciliation. I've been taking a course at Bethel College with Curtis Young on the Civil Rights Movement, and I've been uh, reading a lot about history and, and um, the history of the United States. And there are times when I'm reading that natural history that I'm brought to the point of tears. When I read about some of the stuff that white people have done, it's not just the slavery as atrocious as that is, but even into this century, in the 20th century, the, the, the systematic ways white systems have disenfranchised people of color, black, Native America, when I read about the treaties, the numerous treaties that have been broken, sometimes in, in the name of Christ, this is all the devil working in there. 
when I read about the attitudes and the oppression and the cruelty and the lynchings and the deception and the systematic racism, and, and I, I see how that has even to this day, and it's important just to say this out loud, has benefited some, namely white folks, and not benefited others. It brings me to the point of tears. In the natural, our histories are very different, and, it's, and in some cases it's very ugly. There's things you can look at and, and be proud of, but there's things you look at and, and you're not proud of at all. And I don't think we can just sweep that under the rug. It needs to be talked about. It needs to be dealt with. That's part of the whole honesty reconciliation thing. It's got to be dealt with. You speak the truth in love. You speak the truth in love. But I praise God that that's not my final history. And I praise God it's not your final history. You see, when I put my trust in Jesus Christ, my sins were washed away. And I sometimes still got to deal with past stuff. But you know what? I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. And my history starts with the cross. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. My sins have been washed away. I'm a child of God. I'm redeemed. My history is that I was a sinner, but now I'm cleansed by the blood of the Lamb. And I'm a child of God. And if you believe in Jesus Christ, you're a child of God. Praise God. That makes me, I'm a, I'm a recipient of mercy. That's my history. I'm a recipient of grace, outrageous grace. That's my mercy. So I'm motivated to extend mercy. And I'm motivated to extend grace. And I'm motivated to extend forgiveness. And I'm motivated to extend love to all people at all times and all situations. No ifs, ands, and buts. I got a new history. I got a new history. Praise God. Praise God. I deal with the natural, but I get fueled by the supernatural. We're one family. We're one race. We all have an identical history of being sinners that are saved by grace. And finally, we've got a new destiny. We've got a new destiny. Praise God. Uh, right now we're in a war zone. It, 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 this, this world is not the world God intended it to be. The wars between human beings, the wars in the spiritual realm, the afflictions, the oppression, the hatred, the, the idolatry, the, the, just the garbage, the junk that's going on. This is not the world that God intended, but I thank God that someday it will be. And all who say yes to Jesus Christ and all who are part of that new family and all who are part of that new creation and all who are part of that new history share in this new identity, this new destiny. When all the children of God shall sit down at the marriage supper of the Lamb and we're going to have a feast. We're going to have a banquet, praise God. And the Bible says that from every tribe, every nation, every people will be gathered around there in all of its beautiful diversity, praising God in their own music, in their own tongue, in their own language, in their own garb, but all clothed with the, the robe of righteousness that's found in Jesus Christ. Then, praise God, creation will be what it's supposed to be. But we don't wait till then to start celebrating it now. And the way we celebrate it now is by lifting Jesus Christ up. Praise God. Amen. We exalt Jesus Christ. We magnify Jesus Christ. The best thing that we can do for the world and the best thing that we can do for the church in terms of tearing down walls is to celebrate the Lord who has already torn them down. And the best way to get victory over the devil is to lift up the Lord who has already conquered the devil. You know what I mean? When you go into battle, the best thing you can do is dance. When you're going into a fight, the best thing you can do is keep your eyes on Jesus Christ and celebrate. In the Old Testament, they put the worshipers out front and they danced their way into victory. Praise God. 
Amen. I'm not talking about some shallow, Pollyannic kind of don't pay attention to your troubles. No, you deal with the issues. You deal with reality. But the reason you can deal with reality, as tough as that sometimes is, the reason you can deal with the hard facts of your life, and sometimes they're really, really hard. There are people in this auditorium right now who have lost loved ones just recently. People who have gone through financial hardships. People who are struggling with depression. People who have marriage conflicts. People who are, have significant problems with their kids. People who are going through unemployment. And people who still struggle with racism. But the best thing you can do, you got to deal with that. Deal with it. Look it straight in the eye. But always keep your eyes focused on the prize of Jesus Christ and exalt Him and worship Him and praise Him and lift Him up. He's the Lord. He's the Savior. He's the Redeemer. He's your warrior. He's your victor. He's your God. He's your creator. He's your lover. He's your bride. He's your soul. Praise God. It's all found in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So what we're doing tonight is the best thing we can do, and that's exalt the Lord Jesus Christ. Lift him up, and he will draw all people unto himself. I want to close in prayer as uh, uh, sounds of blackness get ready to come on up here. And I just want to pray that the Lord fuses this message on our heart. Father, in Jesus' name, we pray, Lord God, that the passion for the unity of the people of God would pulsate in each one of us. Father, we pray in Jesus' name. That walls in society and walls in the church and walls in our minds and walls in our heart would be tumbling down, Lord God, as we lift you up, Lord. Your, your, your promise is that you are driving the devil out and as we lift you up, you will draw us individually and collectively unto yourself. Lord, be exalted in this place. Be exalted in the church. Be exalted in our hearts. Be exalted in our family. We lift you up, Lord God. We exalt you. We praise you. We thank you for giving us a new family, a new race, a new identity, a new history, and a new destiny. It is all to your glory. It is all to your honor. It is all to your credit. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people said. Amen. Amen. God bless you.